a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. Quite an audience. Hi, everybody. How we doing? Sweet. No. No, that's one of one. Where do you feel like the team made the most progress over the course of the season? I think number one, our continuity grew. Um, We had a lot of new faces, a lot of guys that came in trades and draft, and I think there was a lot of unfamiliarity in the beginning of the year amongst them, amongst the team and then between myself and the team, you know, because I was new, I think we have a much greater understanding of how we all fit together. Um, I think that's obviously a big concern as a coach going into a season is, is the team going to settle into roles? Are they going to figure out how to coexist, um, how to help each other get better and play well in the games? Or is it going to, become an environment where they sort of cannibalize each other and I thought as the season went on everybody sort of figured out how they could best impact the group I think they started to understand the strengths not only that they brought to the table but that their teammates brought to the table um, and it allowed us to to play some pretty good basketball throughout the season we talk a lot about players getting better in the offseason how do coaches get better in the offseason yeah I'm, you know, there's a lot to, to go back and look at. You know, you have to, <clears throat> number one, let a little bit of time pass as you sift through it so that hopefully we're going back as a staff and I'm going back individually and looking at things unemotionally. Um, you know, we need to look at how we played on both sides of the ball. We obviously have, you know, room for improvement in both areas. Obviously, defensively, we need to get better. I think we made a a jump defensively after the trade deadline, but um, you know that's going to be a huge area of focus in this offseason going into next year is how do we put the group of guys that we have in a better position to to play better team defense. Um, you know, there's also a ton of situational stuff that we always look at late game um, execution different lineups, uh, maybe some situations that we can put our players in more. Obviously, Lowry is somebody that we've talked a lot about this year and his growth. And, um, you know, early in the year, the questions were sort of centered around like, hey, is Lowry going to do any ISOs? Are we going to, you know, he's pretty efficient. And 
you know, so I think the end of game obviously presents opportunities to maybe do some different things stylistically. So those are conversations that we'll have as a staff throughout the off season. Um, you know, depending on what happens with the roster, you have to be ready to adjust. Um, you know, the NBA is a league of change, and so you always assume there's going to be some things that will be different, um, whether that's just adding people through the draft or different things that happen in the off season. So, um, you know, there's obviously a, a lot to look at as a staff and as a coach to try to figure out how we can be better. Like in no way do the are the players the only ones that need to improve. Um, you know, I thought I felt more comfortable at the end of the year than I did the beginning of the year, and I fully expect that myself and our staff will feel more comfortable going into next training camp um, than we did this year. Excuse me? Yeah, it's it's the it's the next thing. Um, you know, you you kind of take what's in front of you. We are trying to continue to build this program and team into a you know something that's contending for championships. And you know, this off season is the next stepping stone. I think we had a good season. We learned a lot this year. Some guys had tremendous individual growth. I think we. We figured out a few things, you know, as a program in terms of what we want to be about. Um, and now we try to tackle the offseason. How can we improve? Um, how can we help the team get better going into next year? So we don't want to look <clears throat> too far ahead. And obviously, you know, here we are with a couple of months in this offseason to, to try to figure out ways to get better. So, you know, as a group, myself, Danny, Justin, Ryan, like, that's the only thing on our mind right now is how do we get better? What's your role in this draft process? My role. Yeah, I mean, I'm involved in conversations with, with Danny and Justin. Um, you know, I'll start studying some of these guys in the draft, but I'm fully aware of the fact that the work that they've done all year studying these players, um, there's no way that I could catch up before the draft. So, you know, I'll be – giving input and obviously continue to stay in conversation with them. But, um, you know, they know these players in a way that I don't. Um, so I'll obviously follow their lead and, you know, try to give input along the way. It's nice to have a little bit of time now to try to catch up a little bit. Um, studying guys on film, I try to go to the combine, um, try to interview some of these guys that are going in the draft. But, um, yeah, I'm definitely going to follow their lead. Yeah, the first thing for both of them is they need to take a little bit of time away. Um, there's a difference between being lazy and not working out and being intentional about resting. Uh, I think they both, you know, in meeting with both of them after the season, they're both tired, and rightfully so. Um, an NBA season is a lot, but my message to them was that the hope is that, you know, in the future, we're preparing right now to go play our best basketball of the year. Um, so there's really no room to be tired. So, um, you know, they're going to take some time off and rest and reflect on some of the conversations we've had at the end of the year and what they think they can bring to the table next year. But I think for both of them, you know, their bodies and fitness are going to be a huge key. Um, they now know what an NBA season looks like and how long it is and what they need to do to prepare. Um, 
in terms of coming into training camp in the best shape of their lives. Um, Walker, obviously, is going to spend a ton of time this summer trying to get a little bit stronger. Um, not bigger, necessarily. I don't want to take away – we don't want to take away any of Walker's mobility and the things that he does great because he's able to move so well. But, um, you know, he, he does have a young body. So trying to get a little stronger is going to be a, a big part of Walker's summer. Um Ochai is somebody that, you know, we're going to try to continue to expand his game. Um, he's going to try to play in summer league, assuming that he's healthy. And it's an opportunity for him to get a ton of game reps and keep building on probably the last 10 games of the season. I think we all saw him take on a different role in those last 10 games. And so we want to try to to build on that in this off season, so that hopefully he comes into next training camp with a different level of confidence. You mentioned that um, not just you, but your staff will need to improve going forward. Do you plan on – you came in, I guess, kind of relatively late last summer compared to some other coaches, so a lot of the staff was kind of in place already to anticipate making any changes? Yeah, I mean, like I said earlier, um, well, f- first of all, our staff is as good as anybody in the league. We have a lot of really good coaches here. Um, they are as – big a part of why we had the year we did as anything. Um, their voice on the court with the players, the individual work they did, the scouting they did, um, them dealing with a first-time head coach who uh, sometimes would go off the path. Uh, they kept me in check very much this year. Um, you know, they did a tremendous job. Like I said earlier, though, this is a league of change. And, you know, what happens this off season? I'm not sure. There's always times where people get jobs and call about people that are on your staff. Um, We never want to hold people back from great opportunities for them and their family. But, you know, as of today, I don't have a a set plan on what we're going to do with the staff. I think right now we're still in a moment of decompressing and trying to really reflect on the year so that whatever decisions we make this offseason about team, staff, anything are done unemotionally. Oh, man. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. The playoffs are just such a different thing. Um, teams are able to dig in so much because you're only playing one opponent at a time, and so you start to you start to see teams have to really adjust. You start to see players and how they adapt to not being able to do option A all the time. Um, the good teams are not going to let you go to your first thing um, in a playoff series. Obviously. For me, it's the, you know, as a coach, you're watching in-game adjustments, and then the really fun part is watching how series adjustments go from game to game. You start to see how people change their rotations. Um, Obviously, offensively and defensively, schemes change, but you learn a lot about 
coaches and some of their tendencies. Um, you also get to see players in the biggest moments. And so, um, you know, end of game is something that we always want to study, especially in, in playoff games, because that's where we want to be. Target specific areas of their game, like each player you talk to, or you like, we want you to do this. Because talking to the guys, a lot of times they'll say like, oh, I want to work on everything. Right. Yeah, we. It's number one. It's very much a conversation. Um, I think for us to get the best out of our guys, they need to have a level of buy-in and feel like they were a part of their own destiny, so to speak. So. We come into those meetings and usually ask questions like, how do you feel the year went? What areas do you think you need to improve? And that conversation usually leaves openings for myself um, to give them the things that, you know, our staff thinks that they can improve at this summer. Um, I'm glad you brought up wanting to get better at everything. I think, you know, that's really dangerous and I totally understand wanting to improve everything, but you just don't have that much time. And I think young players, to actually make significant jumps, you do need to hone in on maybe a couple of things in the off offseason. Um, I'm not saying that you shouldn't work on any ball handling, let's say, if that's not one of your priorities. But for there to be a real jump, you have to hone in. And so I think that's, that's probably our biggest job is helping them prioritize what to get better at. Um, we had a player come in yesterday who had six things written down that he thought were important to him. And he asked me to rank them. And so I ranked them one, two, seven, eight, nine, ten. And that's only to give him the visual of if you get these two right, then you're going to make a big jump. And then in the future, we can tackle 7, 8, 9, 10. But I, if I label them 1 through 6, it doesn't give the the relationship between those things. So I feel like that's probably our biggest job as a staff is heading into the offseason, helping them narrow their focus because it, it's like New Year's resolutions. Like everybody has big plans. Um, but you have to try to do a couple things that are attainable. Um in an off season. So those conversations are really fun. It's great to hear players talk and not surprising to me. I don't know if it's surprising to you guys, but they're usually pretty close on what we think as well. Um, these guys are not, you know, they don't have blinders on and the games tell you a lot, especially after you've played 82 of them, it becomes pretty clear what you need to improve, especially they get a lot of feedback from myself and the staff throughout the season, and a lot of times those topics keep coming up. So in some ways they usually know where the conversation is going, but it is still important that we have those those dialogues so they have, one, the buy-in, and two, they get to narrow their focus. You've got a pretty large sample size of your thinking. I think where we're going as a league – Playing one defense, you have to be elite. Um, 
to do the same thing over and over again. I mean, we're going to see top defenses in the NBA in the playoffs, and they're going to have to adjust. So I think ultimately to get to where we want to go, we're going to have to have a couple of different things in the toolbox. Um, I thought the zone was impactful in terms of changing the rhythm of a game, making a team play a different style than they wanted to. Um, you know, I guess the two that were probably most notable for us later in the year were Sacramento and Denver, where they just, whether they played well or not, made shots or didn't, they weren't playing the same way that they usually play. Their best players weren't getting in a comfort zone of doing the things they're used to doing every game, and I think that's important. Um, there were moments where the zone was very ugly, um, but I think those are the moments where for us we have to try to not overreact to something that's quote-unquote abnormal looking ugly because there were times that our man-to-man defense was horrendous. And so um, we need to we need to be able to, to go to a couple of different things. Um, I'm excited to, to really go back and watch all the zone together and see what we what we think as a staff. I, I do think, though, overall the initial signs were pretty good. Um, there's some fine-tuning that needs to go on, but in terms of the types of shots we were giving up when we were in it, I thought it was pretty effective. Are there other players that you think you're planning on playing in summer league? I asked because uh, Luca mentioned to us that he might be playing in summer league. Luca will be playing in summer league for sure. Um, we're still deciding on a couple of other guys, but I'm a big believer you know, we as an organization are big believers in summer league and opportunities to go play. Um, getting game reps is very important. And I think, especially when you're a current NBA player, there's a real target on you in summer league, like the rookies and the guys that don't have NBA contracts, like they're trying to prove something. Um, and so I think any opportunity you get to play gives you a chance to get better. Drills are good for some learning, but we can't miss opportunities to get guys live reps. Um, you know, also the second piece of that is like, as a coach, I got to coach summer league a couple of times. It's a great opportunity for young coaches, um, really any coach to, to ha- be the head coach for a couple of weeks. It's summer league is a, is a big deal. Um, sometimes I'm a little bit confused with the lack of participation in summer league. Um, I think everybody uses this like, oh, well, I don't want to get hurt thing. But you got to play at some point. Like, you know, I mean, it is a good solution if you don't want to get hurt and never play, I guess. But I, I don't know. I, I feel like we're missing opportunities to help guys get better um, when we don't take advantage of, of things like Summer League. And we're spoiled because we have the Salt Lake Summer League and then Vegas. And so that's three extra games. Um you know, you're looking at potentially like a hundred more game minutes that a guy could get to play. I think it's great. Appreciate you guys. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. 
Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.